Hi everyone, and you're very welcome to Reinventing the Next Chapter, a podcast where I speak to women who either through choice or through circumstance have had to take a step back, reevaluate their lives and make some powerful changes. I'm your host, Elaine Ryan, life, career and relationship coach. If you're feeling stuck or not where you thought you'd be in life, my hope is that these stories will give you the inspiration and more importantly, the motivation to take the first step towards reinventing your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Reinventing the Next Chapter. Today, I'm joined by Sinead Kelly from Sinead Kelly Coaching. Sinead, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Celine, for having me. I'm very excited to be on here. Okay, well, first of all, um, some people that might be listening might be aware of you from some workshops that we did last month. But for anybody that doesn't know you, would you like to give a quick intro, who you are, what you're about, what you do? Yeah, I'm a self-help coach. I'm based in Cork. And uh, that means that I help to support busy professionals to take charge and embrace their own health and wellness. And I do this online and in person. And uh, part of my work is about trying to transform ingrained patterns of behavior and to create sustainable well-being. So it isn't something that you do for six weeks. This is something with the long term in mind. And I particularly like to help those needing support, managing long-term illness, fertility, heart health. And then very close to my heart is managing stress and creating a healthy work-life balance. So that's what I do at the moment. Great. And I think that sustainable change is very important because there's lots of people looking for that quick fix. I want to lose weight in the next month for a wedding and they're not really looking at the long-term impact. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of when you look at kind of maybe weight loss or or those kind of terms, usually they're kind of aimed at doing something quick and uh, something easy. I'm looking at kind of doing something on a deeper level, looking at your mindset and looking at something that you can do and progress over a long period of time. So it's it's not something that's quick and easy, as you say. Yeah, great. And that's important. And probably those small things that you can introduce and and keep going. So obviously your your self-health coach, was that what you thought you would end up doing? Or can I take you back to when you were younger? What what did you think your life was going to look like when you grew up, as we used to say when we were kids? In school, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. You know, you hear a lot of people and they're like, I always wanted to be a vet or or whatever it is. Yeah. And I kind of fell into nursing only because I was good at science and biology. I had applied to be a on my CEO. It was either going to be nursing or biomedical engineering because I was quite mathsy wow. as well. So when it came down to it and I had to make the decision, which one was I going to take? I went for nursing because I felt like that would be more meaningful work and that I think it would be on a maybe helping people on a, on a deeper level than the, the engineering. So that's why I kind of went to nursing, first of all. And I really enjoyed nursing like I, I and I still enjoy nursing. What I struggled with was the systems 
the healthcare system. And that was the thing that frustrated me because I did actually really like working with patients and looking after them. And then I ended up kind of traveling around as all nurses do. (laughs) Very typical. And when I came back to Cork, I ended up in a private hospital. And there, again, I kind of fell into doing a health and safety in UCC, doing a higher diploma, which in hindsight is very not me. (laughs) I did it anyway. And then this led me into like a very niche type of nursing, which is called occupational health nursing. And that's when you support the health and wellness of employees in big uh, multinational companies, usually. So I did that for nine years, working for quite big, particularly pharmaceutical companies. So, you know, I was already kind of paving some kind of path, but it it still wasn't resonating fully with me. Um, And I did enjoy it. Like there was aspects of that job job that I did enjoy. But then I started having some few different life challenges, especially around my health and around fertility. I was going through, you know, in my early 30s, going through a lot of fertility treatments and not really figuring out why I was having issues with fertility. And it really made me take stock of my life and what, not just my health, but like my stress levels, like everything. So like a real kind of, it was a real wellness wake up call, I would say. I suppose going from the journey from not really choosing between engineering and or biomedical engineering and nursing, choosing nursing, traveling with nursing and I suppose doing different types of nursing and then ending up in in occupational health. And then I suppose having your own health challenges kind of all all coming full circle. So that's, and it did, did any of the knowledge that you had from your nursing background help when you were coming across your own fertility and health issues? I think the biggest realization for me was that I had all the information and I was always very proactive in trying to give people information and tell them what they should be doing around their health. But what I realized myself was that it's the mindset piece. It's the ingrained behaviors that we have. It's how you actually implement and fit these health changes into your own unique life. That is the tricky part. It's not, you know, that you're missing the information. I mean, I could say to anybody, you know, try and eat more fruit and veg. Generally, more most people need to eat more fruit and veg. It's how do you actually make that work, though? How, how What does that look like for you? So it really pinpointed for me around the psychology side of of making health changes. And that's why I went on then to do a higher diploma in coaching psychology in UCC. And that really, it kind of, it solidified what, you know, that this was the missing piece for me and for lots of people. And it it also fulfilled this kind of deeper purpose that I was looking for from my work on a real kind of emotional level, I would say. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I suppose with the nursing then and the coaching where they kind of connected, were you able to marry the two of them then? Yeah. 
that was a process even to figure out how do I merge these two? I knew I needed to merge them because <laughs> I had such experience in wellness already. And how do I merge what I already know and my experiences of working with people, you know, going through different things like burnout or, you know, people after having a heart attack, like they're all bits of experience and information that I can merge with um, the psychology. So trying to figure out how do I, how do I merge those two aspects together? That was a process in itself, you know, how to, what does that look like? Yeah. And how, how did you figure out how to combine them? I think it was a process of going inward and doing, you know, kind of just journaling and trying to get inspired internally, as well as trial and error with with people that I was coaching. So at the time when I was before I, I actually left my permanent job, I was doing that kind of work already in the job that I was in. I was doing a little bit of it and I was doing freebies for people as well. So I think it was just a process of trial and error, see what was working. And for me, it took me some time to get out of the information giving because I was so ingrained in me to give people information that it it was a process that I had to work through in terms of, you know, just coaching people and trying to like pair back the information giving, you know, session by session. It's hard, isn't it, when you start coaching to not give advice and to let the person come up with their own answers. It's it's a whole new skill in itself. That was the hardest, I would say. That was the hardest thing because I had literally done it my whole career. My whole career was around <laughs> trying to give people information and tell them what to do. And knowing that they have the answers inside them, trusting that they know how it how it's going to work for them um, rather than me coming in and telling them how they should do it. That did take some time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny when when you get used to doing that and giving people the space. I don't know if you find this, but I find now when I hear other people giving advice about things that they just don't know enough about or they don't know the background or they say, you know, even in, in my personal life, I would hear people saying, oh, you should, you should do that. And uh, it's sometimes hard to listen to people doing it after you've stopped doing it yourself. I don't know if you find that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not that I don't give information anymore either, but I, I suppose I come, I would hope that people would see that it's not from me trying to insert myself into their life and kind of be the expert in their life. You know what I mean? I think there's, and, and separating, I suppose, the, like the content of like, maybe what's the medical information about something and separating that from them being the expert in their own life. And like, they know how they can fit exercise in. Like, I don't know how they're going to fit it in, uh, but we'll figure that out together. You know, they know what's, what's going to work and what they like and what they don't like, you know? Yeah. So me trying to tell them what they should be doing it doesn't help and it doesn't resonate with them and and it doesn't work in the long term yeah and is it quite niche the the amount of coaches that I suppose come from that sort of a occupational health nursing uh, background because I suppose when you get into coaching there's a lot of business coaches that have a business background so you would be one of the few people I've come across that has 
a nursing background. Yeah, I, I'm aware of other people doing similar things, but not not with the same background as me or, yeah. or the same qualifications as me, maybe doing it in a slightly different way. I'm not aware of anyone. I'm sure there is other people doing similar things, but I'm not aware of anyone. And I suppose you're bringing your work in the corporate sector, your coaching and also your personal experience as well. Um, so I know you you talk a lot about that on social media. So there's lots that you can bring to, to clients. So you're on this new path. How long have you been doing coaching, I suppose, or when did you make the change? Again, that, that's kind of a process as well. But I would say in terms of actual coaching, that's been uh, five years coaching and coming up to two years being self-employed. Even the jump to leave the safety of a permanent job, that was scary. And, and I think that fear probably stopped me for longer than I, it needed to be. Uh, from making that that jump. But I, I feel like people need to, when you want to go make a change, you kind of need to get to this level of frustration or to, to actually get the motivation to say, okay, enough is enough. I need to make this change. Did you get to that level yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I just, I couldn't keep going the way I was going. I just knew I had to go do this coaching thing and give it a try. And I just would say to myself, give it a go. You can always go back to this kind of job again or 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 even other types of job. You know, I, I wasn't sometimes we can say like we're completely stuck. And I'm sure there is there's people in different careers that maybe could be stuck. But I would say for a lot of different jobs, you could probably go back to something if you were stuck, if you weren't making enough money or, you know, it just wasn't working out or it wasn't for you. You didn't enjoy it. It it didn't live up to what you thought it was going to be like. There is always other options, but we kind of feel like it's all or nothing. You know, it's either I leave my job or not, you know, and and really that's, that's not true. I think for most people. And when you took that leap, then did the fear go away or is it still there in the background a little bit? Oh, yeah, of course it's there. It's always there, but it it got a lot less. I think for me, if I'm always listening to my fears, then I would never do anything and I would be extremely frustrated. So I think there's an acceptance of, yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of a fear, but do you want, do you choose to always listen to your fears and being realistic with that too? It's not like, okay, I'll just leave my job and go do something completely different with no, with no resources behind you. So I think there, there's maybe being, setting yourself up for that too and, and being realistic about it also. Okay, so did you have a loose plan? I did. I had a loose plan. That plan didn't, <laughs> it didn't, I, it didn't go to plan the way I thought it was going to go. But I had to learn in that, that there's a process. And, and I think for me, I felt that going self-employed would be easier than it was. And I had to learn a lot of new skills that I didn't have. So like, you know, around accounts and marketing and social media and, you know, putting together a website. Like these are all things that I had no experience of. And so accepting that, okay, these are new skills that I have to learn. And so the plan did change 
Yeah. As I was working through it. Yeah. And I would say that's common for anybody that sets up their own business that, and, and that's probably something that you need to bear in mind that it's going to change and you have to be adaptable and, and you might, it might end up being completely different and it might just end up looking different than what you thought it would, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's hard to envision it when you're, when you're setting it up. And as you said, trying to figure everything out yourself, you're the CEO, the marketing manager, the accountant, everything. So there's a lot when you're a, a solopreneur, I think is, is the word. So what have been the best bits in the last couple of years? I think the nature of the work that I do has allowed me to focus also on myself because I feel, especially with coaching, I feel that a good coach can only coach to the depth of what they've done themselves, what what they what they're working on themselves. So I feel it's given me that opportunity to to really work on myself, which not only obviously helps me and all the people that I know, uh, family and stuff like that, but it also helps me in my coaching yeah. to be a better coach and to progress my own coaching. To me, that's that's the best part of of everything that I've been doing. Yeah. And it must help as well in the mindset piece. So when the fear kind of comes up again, or when you have the challenges about running the business, as opposed to, you know, actually practicing as a coach, the mindset piece that you have and the tools that that you're learning surely help with all of that as well. Absolutely, 100%. And I, like, I definitely think with fear, you know, try to avoid it or suppress it is only going to make it worse. It's only going to make it grow. And actually looking at it and confronting it and questioning it and seeing, okay, is this valid, this fear that I have? Like, is it a real fear? You know, um, maybe it's around money. Like, do I really not have enough money to <laughs> pay the mortgage or whatever the fear is that you have? And sitting with it rather than avoiding it, which is what we all usually try to do is, okay, we'll avoid this or ignore it or try and get it out of our brain. But that doesn't work. You know, that's why you wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning and you're thinking about something and you're worrying about it because you're you're not allowing yourself space to to look at this fear. So how do, how do you look at it? Would you write a list of what are your fears and how you're going to tackle each one? I think, yeah, when one, well, the first part is to actually be aware of it. So sometimes you, you know, I definitely in the past would not have been aware of how I'm feeling and different ways that I I was thinking that might be unhelpful for me. So the first step, I think, is actually just becoming aware of, let's say, a fear is, is coming up for you. Then it's to create time where you can look at it. So for me, like a fear might come up, but I'm I'm in the middle of something, you know, I'm working with someone or I'm, you know, with my daughter or, you know, like I'm too busy right now to, to look at you. So it's about kind of saying, I need to park it. Let's look at it later. Maybe in the evening when I have like 30 minutes, I might start journaling on it, meditate on it. And sometimes I even just need to kind of physically move around um, to try and really allow that fear to come up and, and allow it allowed to be seen, I suppose. Yeah. So when you look back, obviously you 
you kind of took a lot of uh, detours with them with careers and then the stuff going on in your personal life and you've ended up where you are now as a coach do you wish you had a more direct route to where you are now or are you grateful for the journey that you've had so far yeah I mean I've had I would say a number of challenges in in the last few years and looking at them if I hadn't gone through them I wouldn't be at this place of understanding right now. I wouldn't be where I am. I think when challenges do come up, they are an opportunity to grow in some way. And um, I feel that I couldn't have got to this place if I hadn't gone through, through those challenges. So, yeah, I, do, I don't think there there was a more direct route. And, and I even feel... Let's say if I was in school and I and I went straight to psychology, I wouldn't have the life experience of and 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 the challenges that I've gone through. I wouldn't have experienced those. So I couldn't really connect with people in the same way I feel that I probably couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've learned a lot from from each experience that you've had. You've you've taken something from it that has built you're you're kind of building on that to improve the whole time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what lies ahead for you in your next chapter? I think really my my aim is to continue to kind of work on on myself, on the business and that I feel like it's a it's a continual process, a bit like health, you know, that Sometimes people think, oh, I'll I'll lose this weight and and that'll be it then. But really, if you're looking at health, it's a forever thing. You know, I, I don't think you ever get to an end point. So I feel for me personally and as a coach, I think it's to continue this process of kind of developing and thriving in it. Yeah. Brilliant. And what advice do you have for anyone who is at the point, and I think you called it, you know, the the turning point where you're you're feeling very frustrated and stuck and they want to make a change but they don't know how to start. Yeah, like and I know it sounds funny to say it and I know when you're in it and you're really feeling frustrated the the only thing you want to do is get out of it. And you can look at it as as something that's positive though. It can be such a an eye-opening experience when you get that real level of frustration because that means something needs to change that what is it that you can do to move out of this frustration and really get into the root of why you're frustrated we can you know for example you could um feel frustrated about maybe somewhere that you're working but really get into the root of why are you frustrated with that kind of work is, is it the actual work itself is it the atmosphere is it a particular colleague? Like, what is it that is really making you feel frustrated? And what what is it triggering in you? And that is a great place to explore and to work on so that you can move out of that frustration and bring something into the light, maybe that that you haven't you haven't been addressing. Yeah. Yeah. So getting really clear on what's not working before you make that sudden move I suppose just looking at the granular level of exactly what is it about my job what is it about the situation you know um maybe writing all those points down yeah that's great 
Where can people find you? Yeah, so I am a Sinead Kelly coach on Instagram. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I have my own podcast as well, Shameless Plug. And it's called The Self-Health Podcast. Uh, and that's on Spotify and Anchor and Amazon. Great. Okay, thanks so much, Sinead, for joining me today. It was really interesting to to hear your story and get your advice for other people that may be in a similar situation. And um, great talking to you. Um, Best of luck with everything for for your next chapter. Thanks so much for this. It's a lovely opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks to my lovely guest today. And thanks to those of you that listened. If you like this episode, please share or tell a friend. I'll be back next time to talk to another amazing lady who has reinvented her next chapter.